What's up, guys? Welcome to Told As Is. This is episode four. And today we are chatting about real estate from a real estate agent's perspective. So if you're a new realtor or experienced one or thinking about getting into the industry, mm -hmm. we'll be answering a lot of questions about what life as a realtor looks like, what the competition's like, how to join the industry, and so much more. So join us in the next discussion as we dive in to the life as a realtor. Let's roll the intro music. Right, welcome back, guys. We're here for episode four of Told As Is. Who would have thought we made it to episode four, Daniela? I did. We've been talking about episode <laughs> twenty for quite some time, so <laughs> this is true. This is true. But yeah, we're here today. We're talking all things real estate. Whether you're thinking about getting into the industry, whether you're maybe already doing the course to get your license, what to look for in a brokerage, whether to go with a team. You know, we're going to be diving into a lot of stuff. There are a lot of agents out there. How many agents are out there? Oh my. Okay. Yeah. So offhand in the Canadian Real Estate Association, CREA, they claim about 140,000 realtors wow. in Canada. It doesn't seem like that many. Like our populations is in the millions. Come on. What I thought was more astounding was how many Ontario agents and Toronto agents make up that amount out of CREA. And in Ontario, we are governed by the Ontario Real Estate Association one body and they basically said that there's 82,000 over 82,000 realtors in Ontario what the crazier part is if you dive in deeper is like 75 to 80 percent of that is based on the Toronto board itself wow talk about competition yeah and I think that's you know I'm a member of the Toronto real estate board even though I'm not in Toronto and I'm not actively selling in Toronto but there's so many people outside of the city now that are just joining this board so that we can all be on one cohesive platform together and, and share the data that we all need to do right by our clients. So yeah, there's a lot of people kind of navigating to Trib. I'm on both boards in the Barry board and the Toronto board. So, but yeah, definitely a lot of agents and we're out there competing and a lot of Toronto agents now coming out of the city. So even if you're not in Toronto, you're still competing with Toronto agents. Is that how you guys feel up in the boonies? Oh, yeah. You know, what's funny is that there's agents that have been up here for a long time and they're like, oh, these Toronto agents coming in. But, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's more business in general that's coming out this way. And if an agent mm -hmm. is willing to drive and, and they want to learn more about our city up here, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it just drives more competition for us agents up here. So I think, you know, mm -hmm. it's just the way the world is going. We're sharing more information more like quickly and why not just roll with it, roll with the punches, work your ass off and see what happens, you know? Yeah. And I mean, talk about competition on average, uh, the Ontario real estate board announces that about 6,500 agents join real estate in Ontario every single year. And I think that number is slightly higher during COVID. Uh, there was a lot of people oh, sure. that either lost their jobs and decided, you know, through lockdowns to learn something new, saw that real estate was booming and joined the business, which is pretty interesting, right? It, it means more people coming in here, but not everyone can uh, survive. Well, hey, I'm one of those people. I came from the restaurant industry. <gasps> you are. You know, I was 10 years in the, in the restaurant industry. I thought I was going to be in there for a lot longer, but COVID came along and the industry was just not the same. You know, we're sitting there packing up takeout. We're not talking to anybody. We went from a team of like 70 mm -hmm. servers, bartenders, hosts, to just a couple of managers packing up, skip the dish orders and Uber Eats orders. And 
you know what? I was like, hey, I've, I've been thinking about real estate for years. Why not dive into it? Now's the perfect time. I have time to do my course, try it out. I did my first deal, quit my job. Here I am. So, you know, I'm one of those people. There's so many people that were through COVID had to start thinking about their situations and whether they were going to sit around and wait for these lockdowns to stop happening or are they going to try and do something new? And for a lot of people, real estate is one of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's COVID babies and there's COVID realtors. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Speaking of COVID babies, I got two of them. (laughs) Yeah, but they weren't born in COVID. Uh, Reed was, he was, he was born, uh, in the first, in the first lockdown. So I was only allowed in the room for the actual active labor part of, uh, of Kaylin's yeah, labor. So I had to sit in the waiting room for like four to five hours, um, while they kind of figured out if she was actually ready to, to do the whole thing. And I, you know, what's funny. I actually got my course one done in the waiting room at the hospital. So that's kind of no way. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not the only one. And when I joined, it was similar, but also an anticipated crash and slowdown was happening. And so while I was getting my license, a lot of people were like, why are you joining real estate? Like it's, it's coming down. It's going to crash. And the market always fluctuates. There's no really mm-hmm. set time, perfect time to get into anything. Yeah. So I continued on my path, got into it. And, you know, I'd like to say that I'm grateful for the success I've had every single year. And um, if anyone is thinking about getting their license, just know, don't be intimidated by the market, mm-hmm. know yourself and dive in. And you're one of those people, like it's more competition from how many agents are coming in as well. Yeah. And also all the market factors. But uh, yeah, I remember your goal. You told me you wanted to quit part time and, you know, dive into real estate in a couple of months. And you did it a lot faster than I think you had intended. And yeah. Well, I just, uh, I said to myself that I need to keep myself accountable. So as soon as I got licensed, I said, okay, at what point am I going to go into this full time, quit my job and do it? And for me, it was, I need to hit a certain sales target for my first deal or whether it took me three deals to do it. I was like, cool. And I hit that target on my first deal and handed in my resignation the same week that that, pl- that, that listing sold. So it's all about, you know, setting the expectation for yourself. How much mm-hmm. cash do you need in the bank? How many deals do you need to do before that? before you quit your job and go full time into something that you actually want to do and what do you need to do to get there right so but it's interesting you're talking about getting into the uh industry in 2016 and how it was quote unquote a bad time to be a real estate agent because the market was going down but you know when i was getting in into real estate as well people were saying to me oh such a good time to get into real estate you know home prices are booming whatever but in reality like it's it's a tough time to be in real estate because when you first get licensed, unless you have a huge sphere and a lot of potential sellers on the go, you're not getting listings out the yin yang. You know what I mean? You're probably going to be working with yeah. buyers and tenants who are having the roughest time right now and working with a buyer and you're competing on a house with 40 other people. Only one person can win and get paid on that transaction. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what it is too, is you're in this frenzy of a market. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're probably run a lot of agents are probably running around with their like a chicken with their heads cut off. And I've seen that a lot of new agents will do deals with me and I'm like, there's missing signatures. This isn't correct. And like, it's just tough. You learn really fast, but Mm -hmm. not enough time to kind of sit down with the details and learn properly slowly, I feel. So it's a difficult time, I would say from 
just picking up and diving in. And that's my, that it may very well be how it'll happen anytime you're in real estate, because when someone knows you're a licensed agent and they want to work with you, you're just go, go, go. But I find in this market, it is, it is tough in a different way. Yeah, for sure. And let's talk about how many people actually do well in real estate, because we just spoke about how many agents there are that we're competing with. So only 34% of agents will even do one deal. In, in the Ontario market. And that is like the rest of them probably aren't going to make it or they'll maybe make it in their second or third year if they have enough money to keep going that long. But, you know, what's actually contributing to people just getting into the industry and not being able to tackle it? Because to a lot of people, real estate looks like an easy job, but it's not. Oh, it's not at all. Anytime someone asks me about, you know, Daniela, I want to know about real estate. Can you tell me a little about the industry, etc.? I'm always happy to lend a, a welcoming hand and give any tips and tricks along the way. But I asked them, you know, what inspired you to come into this business? And honestly, and I'm not joking you, half the time they're telling me that they're inspired by watching Selling Sunsets. And I know it's a very popular show, but I will be honest with you. Selling Sunsets is very far from the truth. It yep. is exactly like an Instagram reality versus real life. Yep. It's not what's going to happen here in uh, in this market uh, at all. No, no. No, I completely agree. Like, we don't see all the work that goes in. And especially if you're coming in as a new agent, either you're going solo or you're joining a team. Those are two different things as well. And there's a lot of work that goes into establishing yourself in your community, building up your own brand creating that trust and likability factor for people that you want to attract and do business with. And I just want to say, I was just thinking about, because I don't know if you know about my background, but you said when you started, you came in part-time and Mm -hmm. we have, there are a lot of people who say, Hey, how can I add this to my, maybe I'm a teacher and I could do this in the summer, or I want to get out of where I am. I want to keep the safety net of getting this salary that I'm on, but move away from the nine to five to being self-employed. So they kind of just like want their foot half in, half out. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want that for myself. I knew that if I kept my foot back in the nine to five, I wouldn't dedicate the time that I do now. You learn that also really quickly. Uh, however, you have a family to provide for. So I can understand where people are like, mm, I yep. just want to see how this will work for me. But exactly what you said, whether I quit cold turkey and I dove in. So you can do that. Mm-hmm. Because I know myself and I feel like I need to be at the bottom to be hungrier than ever. Yeah. So I quit cold turkey, felt like there's no money coming in. You got to go out and everything you see is an opportunity and treat it as such mm-hmm. and focus 100% on your business. And on your side, if you're you know coming in slowly, mm-hmm. set goals and expectations. And I love what you said there. So either option works yep. because I think we're both successful and we both provide a lot of value to our clients. So... That was really interesting. I didn't know if I told you that before. Yeah, no, you didn't. But I also want to touch on that too, because I was on a TikTok live the other day and I had somebody in my chat who was talking about, you know, they're getting their license, um, but they're also studying at at university at the same time to have a backup option. Hmm. And I was like, uh, Hmm. so this is a catch. Like, is university going to actually help you with your real estate uh, business? Or is it just something else to kind of like maybe fall back on? And are you preparing to fail by doing that? Or, you know, mm. are you just trying to cover your bases and pretend like you're not 
scared to go into something 100%. I like that. That's such a good point. I will say that I did go to college and university Mm -hmm. uh, for business and marketing. And I feel like that did help me because learning is endless. And I feel like if you're always learning, it's a good place to be. I know people with just high school, nothing wrong with it. And also in real estate, you know, some of them successful. Some feel like they wish they had more business acumen. Right. So I feel like if you're whether you're actually paying for paper degree or you're continuously learning by getting mentorship, having a coach, anything you do add it, it's added value either way. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at it from a perspective of I'm going to get like my doctorate or real estate, totally two different avenues, because mine was marketing HR and that is very transferable to where I am. But oh, two sure. different industries, yeah, it's exactly what you say. You said you might be planning to fail. Yep. And that's not the mentality you want in a new venture. No, exactly. I think you need to go into something 100%. And like you said before, if you're starting at the bottom, there's almost like a, a fear factor involved mm-hmm. with, shit, if I don't actually get something done soon, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it or I'm going to run out of money, whatever it might be. And that was the same thing when I quit my job and I said, okay, I need to actually do this. The one deal that I did is going to carry me for however long until I get my next deal, but it's going to push me to get out there and actually do it, right? Yeah. Before I joined, I'd ask people, How's, how do you like real estate? And they're like, it's a roller coaster. And I didn't get it, but I get it now because it's a roller coaster in many avenues. A, from how the economics affects the industry. Also from getting your deal and then lead genning, getting your deal and lead genning. Yep. So there's so many components on why we feel, and every year you start back at net zero, right? Mm-hmm. What were you telling me about that stat about five years, something like that? Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. 87% of agents fail before they hit five years in the industry. And that is like, when we say fail, we mean they run out of money. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they can no longer support running their own business. They need to go back to employment so that they can actually keep going. And I think even that, like five years is a long time, but that's only 13% of people that actually stay in real estate and become, you know, a well-known real estate agent in their area. Or, you know, there might even be a a few people in that statistic that are just chilling part-time and they do one deal a year for family and that's it. Mm. Yes, as I approach my fifth year, I'm in it. That hits home. I feel I feel for me it's a totally a viable business because I've made it as such. You could treat it as you are a sales rep running deals all the time, but it's a business and at some point you have to turn it into one that becomes scalable. So at the point I guess now in my fourth year started building the team and changing <laughs> the framework of my business to make it more enjoyable, more scalable and more successful as I move into the next component of my career. So that's to any, any agent that's out there, whether you're coming into it or not, create that five-year plan so that you can last longer than that statistic says. Yeah. And then you can put top 13% in your bio on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Number top 2% in my neighborhood. Hey. Hey, let's go. Or the top producer, I see that one a lot. Speaking of timelines too, I feel like at some point, and we talk about this a lot, agents don't retire, they expire. And that couldn't be more true. It sounds daunting and scary, but as soon as I realized that is the utmost truth of this business, I was like, I need to have my exit strategy in place. So treating this like it's a business where you 
allocate benefits to yourself. You allocate an exit plan because you want to retire. Yep. Self-employed people do not plan for that. And they work longer than they need to, longer than they want to. Also, if you're going to get in this business, know that it's entrepreneurship and create an exit strategy. Because at some point, I don't know, I find like a lot of new realtors are pretty successful mm -hmm. because they're appealing to the demographic that's buying you know one third is millennials so if you're an, an, an agent in their you know 20s 30s you're going to appeal to that market and they're going to want to work with you oh definitely and same thing we're seeing a lot of gen z agents coming in now like we've got a couple of uh agents that are doing their course who are thinking about joining us and they're 18 19 yeah my 18 year old uh mentee <laughs> Yeah. You know what? He comes with a lot of passion, fire, a lot of uncertainties because you've never bought a house yourself likely at that age. Yeah. But if you come in with value, drive and know how to educate and speak to people, you'll do just fine. So yeah, that's such a good point coming in about ageism in this industry. There's a lot of stigma around young people in this industry and even myself. I'm not I don't consider myself super young. I'm I'm almost 30 in a couple of years. So um, but I do have a young face and that is definitely like an obstacle that I have had to overcome. And there's people who are 10 years younger than me getting into this industry. So, you know, just talking about it, you got to find your people, right? Don't try and appease to all these people that might think, oh, you're too young. You're too young. Just put out content, put out value. People will come to you, I think. Is that why you were growing that stash of yours? <laughs> That creepy stash. I'm cutting this out. <laughs> no, you're keeping that. So let's talk a little bit now about personality types in this industry. Like looking at it from the outside in, you probably see a lot of agents out there that are like really extroverted and putting themselves out there and they can talk to anybody that's walking hmm. down the street. But, you know, I know a lot of agents as well who are a little more introverted. They don't like to put themselves out there too much. But those people also have their, their pack, right? They have people that follow them and they have people that support them. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about introverts versus extroverts. That's a good point. There's a really successful realtor story that I heard of a couple of years ago. She was a very awkward uh, realtor. I don't know her per personally. She started sharing about herself and her quirks and she created this niche market for herself. Mm. So she wasn't a big extrovert. Like I said, she's like socially awkward. But if you think about it, that's like, the diversity of the world like mm -hmm. people are socially awkward or they feel that they are some people are you know have less dominance uh, in personalities some of them are extroverted introverted you name it or a combination and yet mm -hmm. we all can make friends we all can go to school we all can learn and we all can get into business yeah and it's just getting into business with someone who understands you and can relate to you no matter what type of personality you are of course i feel like if you've got, you know, like an, a personality that's able to talk to people, this is a business of conversation mm -hmm. and being relatable, you could be more successful than somebody else mm -hmm. because you can't be scared to have those conversations. You can't be scared to talk and tell people that you're a realtor. Yeah. You have to walk around like it's on your forehead at sometimes. So true. This industry isn't selling houses. We're selling ourselves here, right? Like you have to mm. be able to put yourself out there a little bit within saying that like you can do that within your own personal bubble and people that you're that you're comfortable with like you don't have to be on you know doing a podcast every week and putting yourself out there like we do 
but you know you should be doing things that are going to at least attract the people that you want to work with and i think that's really important like if you're someone who's super bubbly outgoing constantly talking to people all the time like you're going to attract other people that that like you for that reason if you're a little bit quieter a little more reserved but you're very like caring which i know a couple of agents who are like that you know, you attract those yeah. people as well. People that want to be looked after and have almost like a motherly figure helping them out on their on their home journey. Best thing is to be you and to share that and those people will come to you. So mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And in the wise words of Gary V, you have to be self-aware, you know, know what you provide, know your strengths and play on them. Mm. Very good point. Love Gary V. He's awesome. I will say, though, just to recap, top skills of a successful realtor. And some of these, if you analyze, because every neighborhood has someone that puts themselves out there, right? I feel like you cannot, you cannot be scared to invest in your business as a realtor. Mm. You have to spend money on marketing. Yeah. You have to be able to educate people. So you have to put yourself out there, especially at a time like this when like you said, it's attracting people to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mailers work, door knocking works, social media works, pick one, go for it and be consistent. Those are all good traits of a business owner. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's super key in being a successful realtor as well. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about getting licensed. How does it work? I mean, we're both in Ontario, so we can talk about that. I don't want to dive into it too deep. There's a lot of resources out there if you're looking at getting into real estate, but basically you need to get licensed wherever you may be, your state, your province, your country. You need to find out how to get licensed. In Ontario, you have to do it through Humber College. Basically, it's about a six six month to one year course um, to get your license, and then you need to join a brokerage to be able to actually start practicing in real estate. Yes, you do. Getting the course is one thing and then surrounding yourself with the producers in an environment in which you're going to thrive is a whole other ballgame, mm-hmm. at least in my perspective. And I do hear this from a lot of students as well, is beyond the courses, you need so much more mm-hmm. uh, learning materials. They don't go through everything. They don't walk through literally a situation where you need to talk about obstacles with a seller, right? I I guess that goes with any business. You know, if you get a marketing degree or a doctorate degree, like you got to do a couple surgeries, you know what I mean? Before you get into it and understanding the flow and building a reputation for yourself. So just like in real estate, the license is great, but the practice is where the key and the the success comes from and, and the real learning, you know? Yeah, I mean, the course in Ontario, speaking from my experience, is basically just getting you up to speed with the legalities of the business, how Mm. to write an offer and how to protect your sellers and how to do the correct due diligence in each situation. But it doesn't teach you how to get the business. Like, all of that information that you learn is useless if you're not doing any deals. Exactly. And I think that's where most people fail is because they think that, oh, it's a list of property, put it on the market, it's going to sell. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing for real estate agents is you're in the business of lead generating, not selling homes. Exactly. And when we talk about lead generating, we're talking about conversations, basically, right? How am I going to have a meaningful conversation with somebody that's going to convert into Mm. a buyer or a seller or a lease if you work with leases? So it's very important, even during the licensing process, is to start looking at brokerages, start looking at teams and start evaluating what is important to you 
what skills you need to pick up. What is a brokerage going to bring to you as an agent that's going to make you work and it's going to increase your skills, right? It's the most asked question that I get is helping people define which brokerage is for them because I've talked to a lot. A lot have tried to recruit me in Mm -hmm. my time and, you know, you just look at what you want to focus on because I know people are like, I'm really into social media, but my office isn't doing that. You know, my office isn't doing this. It's like, okay, well, if you want some interaction with your office, then find an office or team that's aligned with the same goals as you. And that could mean different things to different people. That's why like when people ask me, you know, what brokerage are you with? It's like you, I'll tell you about my office, no problem, but know who you are first so you can then find the right office and right environment for yourself because there's many offices that appeal to many different people and that's all for a specific reason. Every person's different. Exactly. And we, there's so many options out there too. There are little boutique brokerages. There's these global companies. There's different franchise brokerages and every single place has a different group of people. And there are a lot of people that I see out there that join these traditional brokerages. They might be the, the, the leading brokerage for that area, but do anybody actually work together or are you on your own? Mm. Yeah. And what about virtual brokerages? That's the newest thing, right? A lot of technology-based companies, mm-hmm. virtual offices. And I like what you said too about collaborating with other realtors that's all part of the environment it really is and i didn't know this about real estate until i was a year or two into it as it's lonely man it's freaking lonely Mm -hmm. you might be talking to so many buyers and sellers in a day don't get me wrong i make those conversations but i don't have my cubicle anymore in corporate or my staff in retail where I could shoot the shit with and say, oh man, this was my day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't, I didn't have that for a long time in real estate. And it felt, uh, felt really lonely. You want to share your successes. You want to, you know, discuss yeah. what's going on in the market with people beyond your clients. And that for me was a, a turning point where I said, well, this industry is great. It doesn't have to be like this for me. I started making changes for myself by surrounding myself with people who will talk shop with me, who will collaborate. Um, Because yes, we're independent contractors and all these real estate agents feel like competition. And and that's where people don't talk to each other. That's where, you know, you go to the office, there's closed doors. Nobody speaks about that. Yeah, same thing with me when I came out of the restaurant industry. You know, I was in a team of 70 plus people and 70? Yeah, like we were we had a, crazy. a restaurant that said I think like 300, 350 people. So there's a God. lot of conversations and a lot of collaboration happening in every single shift that I worked. And going from that mm. to being a solo agent at the time was very scary because I was like am I going to be able to keep myself accountable and and keep myself working mm. without this constant like you know, interaction with other people. So when I was making my decision on what brokerage to go with, I was so torn between just going solo or joining a team. But to me, it was very important. Yeah. To me, it was very important that I was developing my own brand because there are, there are a number of teams out there that you can join as a new agent. You're going to get a bunch of business handed down to you from a team leader and you can do a lot of deals in a year, but if you decide to go solo down the line, you're not going to have your personal brand or your personal kind of network that you've built for yourself. 
And that was something that was important to me is it might be a slower start as a solo agent, but it's important to me that I'm putting myself out there and I'm not just representing some other team leader, but that's not for everybody, right? Mm. Some people are quite happy to just work, 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 give me the contacts. I'll call them. I will follow up. I'll do all of that. And, you know, being solo is just is not interesting to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had actually met with a couple people that were on teams as well. And it felt like nine to five. It felt like, mm. yes, I'll get that structure. But I wanted to create my own structure. But it's not it, like you need it. If you yeah. can't establish the structure on what to do in your business day to day, then you need a team or you need some kind of coach that's going to hold you accountable. That's the biggest thing in this industry. Yep. Huge. Yeah, and I'm glad it, you didn't join that team, by the way. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, I did join a team. I got the best of both worlds with what we got here because Aww. we've now got a team of, I think we're at 50 agents now or just about at 50 agents. And, you know, we're constantly, plus. yeah, over 50 now. So we're constantly collaborating and talking as if we're a traditional team. Obviously, we're not getting any leads funneled from each other. Well, some people are, but, um, you know, we all have our own goals and we all have different things that we want to achieve. And some people are going all in on social media. Some people are going all in on traditional like door knocking, cold calling and that kind of stuff. So it's awesome that we can kind of find people within our group that we vibe with. For example, you and I, we both talked last year, I think like mid last year about the fact that we both want to start a podcast. Here we are. Would this have been possible on a Here traditional team? I don't know. No. And you know what? This holds me accountable. I'm so proud of both of us for stepping outside of our comfort zone and doing this. And this to me, listen, this is not for lead generation. This is not for anything else about us just taking what we do mm-hmm. and sharing it with the world. And that's yep. the, based on the philosophy of how we operate in our own lives and in our group. So yeah. I like that. And this, this brightens my day aside from the technical issues. <laughs> this brightens my day. I think it's very important to just figure out, coming into the industry, what is it you want to achieve? What do you need to learn? Are you just going to pump through numbers or are you going to build your brand and be a marketing expert for yourself? Mm. Those are two different things. If you join a traditional team, you're more than likely going to be giving away a big cut of your uh, commission, but you know what? It's still better than doing zero deals as a solo agent. You know, 80% of zero is still zero, but 50% of a hundred is a lot more. Yeah, it is. And you know what? That's the flexibility that agents have is you can start on a team learn. And I tell this to all the agents, be a sponge in your first six months in a year, get a coach, get a team, surround yourself with people and job shadow, learn as much as you can soak it all in because you can make that change from a team into a solo agent or stay on a team and negotiate your splits. But those are the main differences is that you really do have to follow suit from Mm -hmm. someone, you know, a leader in command on a team, there will be splits, but just know if you are considering a team, what is that split? And is that education, because you're paying for that education, is that Mm -hmm. worth it? Right? Oh, for sure. Another thing I wanted to touch on is when you start coming into the industry, you need to start aligning yourself with the right third parties and other professionals that are in the industry too, right? You need to learn who's doing well on mortgages. Who's the home inspector that I I can refer to my clients and that somebody that they trust. What lawyers are out Mm -hmm. there, accountants, staging companies, photographers, videographers, like these are all things that you need to get in line. And, you know, something I wish I had maybe dialed in a little bit more before I was licensed because it becomes a mad rush. You're trying to learn your new brokerage model. You're trying to learn, you know what mastermind calls to go on. You're learning all the different trainings that your brokerage offers. And then you're like, oh, my client's asking me for a mortgage broker. 
I don't have somebody yet. You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of thing and, and people that you can collaborate with and learn from as well. Like, we have some great third-party people that we have partnered with who we know we can send them a text. Hey, what can this person do in this situation? Get that fact from them. And then you're also building referral partners too, right? Oh, yeah. That's the first thing that I did in, I did in my business was, A, it's a way to lead generate. Mm-hmm. So back when we could host realtor days, I did that in all the banks in my neighborhood. Got to know the neighborhood, uh, the neighbors, got to know the neighbors, uh, handed out my marketing materials, got business from that. And, you know, mortgage agents, they want to make those connections with you. And as a realtor, what all realtors should know is we're not an expert at everything. We have skills and abilities that we do in the realm of our business Mm. and everything else you know, going to the city for certain zoning requirements, questions, the environment, going to lawyers, mortgage agents, home inspectors, all of that is just part of what we, how we operate, but is not information that we're required to know. Yeah. It's good that we know it because we do, but we're not licensed to give our opinion on stuff and we're not filing applications Mm. for our clients. And uh, for me, I definitely set up a little dream team of mine every time I have a client and they have they know who to go to for what and yep. what my roles are and that's huge when setting expectations with your buyers and sellers yeah it's definitely so important to build out that team and make sure that you have a people that you trust in every single corner of the industry so that when you know you might have a first time buyer and they've never spoken to a mortgage agent they don't know who to go to they may have gone to their bank and just explaining the differences between a bank and a mortgage broker and what they offer right so yeah super mm-hmm. important build that team out have things lined up but just remember too you don't have to know everything you don't need to know everything you're going to learn along the way knowledge is power part of being a knowledgeable person is knowing where to direct people for that specific information that they need Mm -hmm. you don't have to retain that knowledge and it's okay what do you think was your biggest obstacle getting into the industry and what has sort of changed in the last four years for you my biggest obstacle in getting into the industry yeah Like, what do you think was the most challenging part about going solo and how has that kind of changed over the last four years and where you're at now? Yeah. So first thing that comes to mind, no one's going to throw listings on your lap. No, there's no money tree I can shake. And then all the sellers come crawling to me. I am, I realized real quickly, I'm one person in a pool of thousands of other real estate agents. Yeah. I know I do a darn good job and any person that knows me that I've done business with, my clients will recommend me. Mm. However, there's tens, thousands, millions of people here in this uh, market that don't know of me. So every agent needs to see how can I be really loud about the things that I do, really loud about the pride I have in my business and getting that out there in the world. Mm -hmm. So you look at marketing. How can I market myself? And then you want to look at how can I make this marketing get the best return? So I'd always dive into, you know, I started with my geo farm, the people that are warm to me, your sphere, your neighbors, been very successful with that. And now I want to scale it even further, right? So you can reach a lot more people online. Uh, You and I align very well as well with the group that we're very social media focused. We know mm-hmm. that we can provide so much value because we get a lot of immigrants. Look at two calls, two episodes ago, we talked about, you know, 400,000 immigrants coming to Canada. Yeah. They won't get a letter from me. They won't get a mailer. 
but they might mm-hmm. find me online and they might like the information I have to offer and I might be able to help them on how to transition and move to Toronto with the information I can deliver. Mm-hmm. So for me, a challenge was really getting online and really portraying all my knowledge in a timely fashion uh, and getting it out to the world. It's a, it's a second job. I'll say that social media is a second job. It's really difficult in creating content and putting it out there consistently. That's so true. And I think I'm in the same kind of boat as you. I think that, you know, I, I started out as um, this Kiwi guy. We just moved to a new town called <laughs> Rillia. And before yeah. this, we were in Barrie for a few years. And I'm here. I don't know anybody here. So how am I going to get myself out into the into the community? For me, it was like social media is the obvious. You know, there's a, a lot of people doing social media down in Toronto, but not so much up here. So that for me, I saw a gap there. I said, okay, who's doing YouTube? Who's doing Instagram? Who's doing TikTok? And very few agents are. Um, so I saw an opportunity to kind of take over that world and put myself out there. So I'm, I'm finding now I'm attracting a lot of people that you know, align with what I'm doing. And they're saying, cool, I haven't seen any other agents that are putting out this YouTube content and talking about cottages or whatever it might be. So that's going to attract people from also outside of the city and a lot of people from Toronto who might be thinking about moving up this way. So we'll see where it goes. But I'm Value, value, value. Yeah. You know, you're giving value. Why, Why contain all that information? You know how to successfully buy a cottage. You know how to successfully start your real estate career and do branding. So that's what we're here to do is share that value to hopefully help other people as well. And absolutely, buyers and sellers will see that info and come to you. Even investors, you've been very successful with that. That's the number one thing that people don't understand about this industry is setting up your day, big challenge, and also understanding how to market yourself. You will forever be in a lead generation mode and it's Mm -hmm. about adapting. And I like what you said about going into something that's not saturated, right? Just listed, just sold flyers. I get those every day and I already know habitually what to do just Mm -hmm. to toss them in the garbage before I get in my house. So in my business, when I was looking at GeoFarm, I didn't want to send those exact, like I just thought from a consumer standpoint, those are going to go in the garbage. And they cost thousands of dollars to do. Yeah. So I changed the way that I did my print marketing. And Mm. I was very successful actually in doing that. And I I teach that to the group as well on how to be a little bit different. And I like that you noticed that too. When it comes to marketing, if you saw the same ad all the time, it wouldn't appeal to you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, actually, that's a good point. We we were talking, um, I was on our Facebook workplace the other day and there was an agent in another city who was had just started rolling out a lead generation ad and she was saying hey I've getting lots of people like I've had like 300 clicks a day but no one's filling out the form and giving me their information and I thought yeah well what are you offering these people that no other agent is mm. you know everybody's out here on realtor.ca they can see homes they see what things are selling for so what is it, What are you bringing to your clients that are actually going to separate you from other agents and make them want to give you their information so that you can then follow up with them? Well, we know what that's called. A UVP. Ooh, a unique value proposition. <laughs> Not a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people know it. 
But uh, you need to discover that. This is your business. Coca-Cola, they have a mission statement. They know they have a motto. They know what their vision is and what they're delivering. And the same thing has to happen with your own self. I make mm. sure for myself that I create a wow factor in my business, that I exceed expectations with clients. Whatever has to get done, gets done. I was just actually writing to a potential client last night and they were like, well, like what, what are you going to do? What's included, etc." And you know, I'm writing this. I'm like, these are all standard things that I do, like elevated high class marketing. But then mm. there's also things that are custom because every single property, every single client is different. And you yep. can't, I can't have a same to-do list for every single property because it could be tenanted. It could, you know, the client could need this. They could be moving away. We might have an estate sale. So every single yeah. person is different. My services cater and change to each single transaction and each client because some people might need a different approach. Some people might need a little bit different um to-dos because yeah. of their situation. So nothing is set in stone. Nothing's the right or wrong thing. You know, some of the mm -hmm. new agents will ask me, hey, what do you do? What's the to-do list? Like I said, it's custom and concierge for every client. That's so important. There are so many different needs and wants that people have. But for me, it's like, it's so important as a listing agent to make sure that people feel like I'm doing everything I possibly can to make sure their home sells for the highest price possible. And I think mm. that's something that a lot of um, agents are missing is, you know, it's not just putting it on the market and making it an easy process, you know, here it's sold, yay, let's go. Like for me, it's how am I gonna make sure that this home looks to the top of its value? And how mm -hmm. am I gonna find the perfect buyer? You know, if I'm, if I'm on realtor.ca and I'm scanning through photos of a home and it's just crappy, phone quality Oof. photos of, you know, you know what I'm talking I'm about. We've all oh, seen cringe. those photos. Are the photos high quality? Is there a video? Is there something that shows what the potential of the home is? Maybe it's a, you know, a fixer upper, but you got to show people the potential where the home could sell and what the value is. Yeah. You can buy a sweater for 20 bucks, probably less, or you can buy a sweater from a brand, probably still made out of cotton. Yep. Probably doesn't have anything super special about it, but the brand is different. The way mm -hmm. that it's marketed is different. And yep. that is a huge component. And that's also an intangible skill. You can't really teach negotiations. You can, it's in school. Yep. But, uh, you know, when it comes to actually applying it and mm -hmm. being calm and collected when you're in that situation, that takes skill. Mm -hmm. And something to really think about when selecting an agent or when becoming an agent on what areas to focus on is really those mm -hmm. intangible skills as well yep. because i can tell you people will say oh houses just sell themselves and yes they sell at high prices but i guarantee you there are times where i know for myself i've sold properties and my doing um got more price more money in my client's pocket um, even more than they thought. They're like, yeah, I'm going to accept this. And I was like, mm, let's try to get more. And I got them yep. way more just from speaking, communicating, conveying value, mm -hmm. and then negotiating the property. All right. So Ryan, let's give a little bit of perspective from a newer agent. I want to know mm. now that you've been, you're actually approaching almost a year now, time flies and you've yeah. really learned a lot. Mm -hmm. What did you overthink as a new agent? And what do you wish you focused on more in the early stages? That's a really good question, actually, because 
Going through the licensing process, you start to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to get sued every single deal I do. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to miss an important clause for my clients or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that's definitely an, something I overthought as, an, as, a, um, as a new agent coming into the industry. Is like We learn a lot about you know, the legalities and trying to avoid being sued in the course. And I think that that kind of sets the tone coming into the industry as like, oh, you have to really know what you're doing. But in reality, like we have brokers, we have other agents, we have teams that we rely on to kind of help us in every individual situation. And even agents 20 years in the industry are still learning things, right? So I don't think that Mm -hmm. we should be coming into the industry thinking, oh, what don't I know? What do I need to know? It's you're going to learn along the way. And I wish that that was something I didn't overthink so much as a new agent. Um, something I think I wish I focused on more is putting my name out there because I didn't do any marketing or any like lead generating until I was licensed. I didn't think people wanted to hear about it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, I wish that I was telling more people that I was getting licensed and starting to put a little bit of content out there. Like I'm seeing um, people who are still in their licensing and they're already running YouTube channels. They're already getting like thousands of followers on TikTok. Shout out to Devin. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? <laughs> so these people are coming into the industry ready to go. They've got people lined up, ready to start doing deals. And that is something I wish that I did beforehand. And I'm going to hit myself in the head because people were definitely telling me, Hey, you should be documenting everything you're learning. You should be putting it out there, helping other people do the same thing. And yeah, looking back, I wish that I did that. And it would even be good for me to look back on now saying, you know, this is what was going on a year or two ago when I was just getting started. And yeah. Man, I can relate so well to that. When I was doing my courses, I'm like, oh, I got to make a video on this and this and this. All the theory and the Mm. context in which I'm learning because all that stuff goes away. You know, it just goes into your head and it comes back when you need to recall it. But making those videos... I could have then said, hey, here you go, client. Here's how to do an assignment. Made a video mm. on it back in 2019. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, and I, I, I share this information now because I do want to help other agents and I do have people that are working this. So it's absolutely crucial if you are learning something, whether you're licensed or not, you're a real estate agent or not, talk about it, mm-hmm. right? You're committing to this business, so commit. And yeah. whatever you're learning, stop write it out, make it a blog post or put on social media or save it for later because it's information that you'll come back to. All right, Ryan. So before we wrap this up, we mentioned selling sunsets and being a real estate agent. That's not the reality of it. Mm. So tell me what a day, what a true day in the life of a real estate agent is like before we wrap it up. Well, it varies day to day. Like we have so many different hats mm. that we wear as solo agents, whether working with buyers, sellers, tenants, investors, landlords, whatever it might be, we have to be everywhere and ready to go wherever. And another important thing to talk about is, especially for us, is that we are basically social media marketers too, right? We're spending a lot of our day on camera, whether it's pulling out our phone at a showing and talking about a home that we're looking at or you know, filming a YouTube video, filming a podcast, editing it, you know, putting up posts, creating new content. There's a lot that we do as agents and it basically, you just kind of go wherever you need to go. It's a 24 Mm seven job. Someone could text you right now in the middle of filming your podcast and say, there's a new listing. We want to go see it right now. Let's go. And you know, you have to do that. So I think the day in the life, it's craziness. And a lot of people think it's just, you get in the industry, you get listings, you sell houses, you make tens of thousands of dollars. It's like, 
no, that's not the reality of it. You have to be doing everything. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And a lot of successful big names out there are, I found, and it's talked about sometimes, are not that profitable. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing every single year just to get their name and branding out there. I believe in investing in your business. Mm. Absolutely. And like I said, a day in the life, you said it correctly. We wear so many hats. So whether that's leading team calls or being on the podcast, planning for the podcast and other social media aspects, being available for clients, planning your next month's content, diving into your CRM, following up and nurturing uh, campaigns Mm. and leads. This is all huge. Meeting with builders, selling units, showing properties, listing, doing walkthroughs, you name it. We do so many things in a day and I wish it was as fun as the time we spend on this podcast and the time spent, you know, with the people (laughs) and selling sunsets. Um, But it's unfortunately not that. There's lots of sacrifices in any business and real estate is on that list as well. So yeah, day in the life we're going to do, we should do an episode on that. See what a day in the life is. Yeah, to sum it up, I feel if you're thinking about getting your license or you've been in the business, you've lasted five years, you know, as we, we got that stat, if you've gone mm. beyond the five years and this is a viable career for you, um, you know, continue to do what you're doing, understand your business, keep being available to clients, keep learning and keep masterminding with like-minded individuals. This will make your business, it'll help you level up in your business as well enjoy the industry and always treat it as a business and plan for retirement that's my biggest tips for real estate agents out there yep Mm. think long term a lot of people are just thinking how am i going to get you know more sales this year than i did last year but what's going to happen in five years time because are you going to have to keep chasing that target and keep moving Mm. the goalposts forward or are you going to scale in other ways right are you going to build a team are you going to stay solo and just keep crushing deals are you going to you know start investing in properties yourself. What are you going to do? Who are you collaborating with and and getting this information from and getting trainings from that's going to keep you doing this? I mean, we love collaborating with other realtors. We're really big on that. And Mm -hmm. uh, people can reach us. I mean, we can only talk about this on the podcast for so long. But if you have further questions, write them out in the comment section of this video. If you're watching it on YouTube, we're happy to answer them. You could also send us a DM or book like a a meeting with us. We're happy to to chat with you guys and answer your questions if you're starting in the industry or have questions about marketing and what we're doing in our business. We're pretty open. Uh, And Ryan, do you want to tell everyone where they can tune in to, to reach us? Absolutely. So for the podcast told as is, we are on all major streaming services. So you've got Spotify, you've got Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. Obviously, we do the full video version on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, hit the bell for notifications every time we put out a new video. And if you have any questions, drop them down in the comments. We will answer every comment. Uh, Otherwise, you can just book a one-on-one call with one of us and we'll be happy to chat to you. So thanks for tuning in again, guys. We will see you next week where we're going to be diving into the mortgage world with a couple of special guests. So super exciting. Uh, Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. we're out.